This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my very good friend and co-host, Ryan Steiskull. Ryan, how you doing? I'm existing. Existing. I'll, I'll leave the the feeling of whether that's good or bad up to the... That, that's your own adventure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, our third host, uh, Eric Gulbranson, will not be with us tonight, but he'll be back next week. Uh, so in the meantime, Ryan and I are going to hold the fort down... Um, keep the gate closed ah yeah. ah yeah so before we jump into the film I mean, though um how's it going beyond just existing it's just you know trying to do the same things each day and hoping for a different result kind of insanity or it's more yeah. so just like i don't feel like there's anything else i can currently do in this very moment so i'm just gonna keep trying to do the things that are the same that bring comfort <laughs> so it's like that yeah. how about yourself um kind of the same you know, yeah. Keep it above float. Summer's quickly coming to an end, so the kids are starting to get really uh, antsy at a time when I'm also like in crunch trying to get ready for classes. And yeah. Stuff. So it's been uh, uh, like just every time I sit down to like, okay, I need to work on lectures. Um, like within five minutes, something comes up, and then I've got to sit back down, and then five minutes later, something else. So it's been yeah. very slow moving, but you know, I, I it's about ready to start kicking it into gear. So we'll get through it. This too shall pass, as they say. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, tonight we are going to be discussing a um, film we already kind of gave away. And this was one you and I just picked out last week because we realized we had to shift the schedule around. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were lucky enough to both recognize. Well, you recognized it. I'm like, oh, I do too. We should totally yeah. do it. And we did. So here we go. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the 1987 supernatural horror film, The Gate. There is a passageway to the most evil place you can imagine. A gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs. And now, someone has opened the gate. Now this is weird tearing sound. There, in the decomposed corpse of her dead father. Oh no. He's tearing out air by the hands. I'm calling the police. You got demons. So this one, uh, directed by Tibor Takax, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, stars Steven Dorff in his film debut, mm-hmm. um, if anybody remembers him. Um, Isn't he on Blade? Like he played yeah, the main villain, Deacon main Frost vampire. or whatever? Yeah, in the first Blade film. Yeah. Then he blows up in the most horrific CGI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is way before that. <laughs> yeah, this is way before that. He's like, what, 10? Um, I think so. Very brief film synopsis. Uh, The story follows two young boys who accidentally release a horde of demons from their backyard through a large hole in the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of... That's 80s in a nutshell. 
That it really is. And God, this is such an '80s movie. This is very much an '80s movie, um, and not like God. It's the teen girls that make it the worst, I think, in this yeah. movie and their hairstyles specifically. But uh, I also th- viewed it as a good window into whenever you feel bad as you get older, you ever feel bad for not understanding like teenage lingo. Just watch the generation above use teenage lingo and realize it's all bullshit and yeah. no one's understanding anybody and you're not missing out on much. It's a weird <laughs> little quirk. The, we all do. That is one of the good things about this kind of eighties obsession that is going on right now um, is you're right. It, 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 it's kind of a peek under the hood yeah. that yeah. Hey, for, for those of us that are, are, you know, getting up there, um, into beyond early adulthood right <laughs> or we're way past that now um you know we're, we're we're reaching back for these kind of touchstones to the past yeah uh, and you're also feeling alienated because you don't understand what your kids are talking about you all nobody understood what you're talking about back then either so. right and it's just it's just i think it brings a comfort in it's all relative yeah. uh it's full circle but um not full circle yeah no full circle with this what's up with 80s parents just abandoning their fucking kids like you know your house is gonna get fucked up by the end of the weekend two-day vacation jesus these parents are fucking freaked because like oh he kind of hit hit the house with a rocket i'm gonna have to ground him yeah um he's gonna do fucking worse yeah (laughs) Um, well let's actually just kind of walk through the film um which is available on Tubi TV. So if you haven't seen the movie, pause this, go watch it, and come back. All right, welcome back. Um, <laughs> so the movie starts out with Glenn, who's played by Stephen Dorff. Um, he's 12 years old, and he opened, the film opens to him having a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. A really creepy... Which is nightmare. every kid's nightmare. Yeah, it really is. It's like you look out, and there's... Your treehouse has some odd lights glowing around it, and there's this roaring sound, and... Well, I'm just thinking about that that ad par- parallel for a kid, like a nightmare is showing up and nobody's home, and there's creepy shit going on. As an adult, I assume with kids, is just like that's that's the dream to come home and like no one's there that day. Yeah, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> I can... it's eerie. Um, but the thing that got me is when he when he wakes up and he looks out the window, the tree that his treehouse was in is being cut down. Yeah. Just and it's like a violation to childhood without consent. I that sounded bad. To, <laughs> and I was trying to <laughs> see, like, wait a minute, is did like did it get struck by lightning? And so they're just chopping up the. I could. I think tell it was just was a really dead tree. On. Yeah, this I'm was definitely the summer, or at least in California, it looked like it looked like a nice area. So there was no reason for that, and that tree had no leaves. So I assume it's just yeah. a dead tree. Maybe I missed a line or something where they explained it, but what got me is that the treehouse was in it like it crashed. Like, you wouldn't have taken that out first. Or maybe that's just the 40-year-old me being like, yeah, that's not how you take a tree down. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, I mean, again, anybody, I think it's part of those 80s adults, like, whatever, as long as it's gone, I don't care. Well, I, I, there's there's a, a touch of that in a minute here, too, because they, the kids find geodes in it. Right. right under I was curious to see was. where you would go at with these geodes. Yeah. Yeah. So they, and this is where my wife and I were both getting really confused watching this because, like, okay, so we have the dream sequence. He wakes up. They're cutting the tree down. Treehouse is trashed. Don't really know what's going on there. Under the tree is this huge hole, and these smoldering rocks come out of it, and they're geodes. They crack them open, and there, there's you know crystals inside. Um. At that point, we're like, wait, were those like meteorites? Did they get hit by a meteorite? What the fuck's happening? <laughs> or it was, no, they were just under there. But it's not really clearly explained. No, I, and here's the thing. I, I, they don't explain ever in the movie why this hole was here to begin with. Like, they explain that, like, the kids yeah. did a few things that technically... By the way, can we talk about, like... A good, good, good example of like just any kind of certain laws written where it's like if you want to get away with something, like you do the loosest definition of something, like the summoning of yep. these fucking extra dimensional demons is simple as just like, uh, you got to give us some blood, um, and you got to give us a sacrifice, bury it, I guess, uh, in the hole. Like we made it for you, might as well use it. <laughs> uh, and then yep. like we get to actually keep two of you. 
But, like, the first few ones that they did, like, I forget. There was a second one, too, that was bullshit. Like, I mean, these are bullshit fucking excuses. Yeah. And yeah. Every Even, like, the way that they read the incantation, it's like they barely spit it out. That's what it was. The you last know? thing is just like, oh, uh, no, the second thing was you have to say the incanta- incantation. And the fucking geode breaks open and does it on an Etch-A-Sketch or whatever, like the magnetic writing pads. Those, those and, wax things, yeah. And I, then, I was like, commenting on my wife, I remember those. Exact same here, and like I always remember the fucking like pen getting caught yep. and ripping the plastic. I'm like, well, that's fucked. Um, but the situation of like the geode open, put the message on there, and then you assume that these fucking kids could read this language perfectly. It's just like, oh, they like fucked up five pronunciations. We're count it on the list again. I if this is how loose the veil is to summon these motherfuckers, I'm surprised it isn't happening all over the place. So this whole has to be here for some other reason. It, I came all the way back around. It's, Sorry it's about the, the journey. Portal, right? it, it's yeah, there's a lot I of actually, like yeah, weird yeah, the, the plot here it and and I want to go through it, but it's yeah. it's funny because it it's not held together with much, but I did realize and, and people can see if they can also see the similarity. We would not have Stranger Things without movies like this, but specifically, like, this flows like a Stranger Things season. Yes. It's just yeah. like, oh, you, these kids just happened to figure that out. They just happened to do it the most half-assed way, and it worked perfectly. I will admit, you know? I don't know if it's because of Stranger Things or just because of this movie, despite being aware of how flawed this plot is, mm-hmm. I still enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I'm it still did watching, not. You know? It did not subtract from anything. In fact, it did exactly that. Like this is a classic, you know, kids horror in the '80s, just like Stranger Things. Like, yeah. that's why oh, this feels you know, nostalgic. I, I, I totally it's like the scratches to... on a vinyl. And I totally forgot to do it before we started really talking about it. But had you seen this one before? Yes, I did. Um, probably back when I was like 13. It was on like the Stars Movie Network. Okay. And I had no idea what the fuck it was, but I was interested. I, I I just, I didn't know what else to watch, so I watched it. I'm like, I'll see how long I get into it. And it's one of those, this is one of those movies that I watch that is kind, is definitely like a 80s horror, but for the younger kids, it's, mm-hmm. that's the intention. This is a good transitional one. And I got to experience it, and it did the exact same thing for me. I found myself finishing this movie. There mm-hmm. were scenes that were difficult to watch. But now watching it as, like, not a 13-year-old, a nearly 33-year-old, 20 years later, that's a taste that can't get mm-hmm. out of my mouth. Uh, um, I can see, like, this stuff doesn't scare. I remember this really scaring me. Mm-hmm. um an enjoyable way i kept going um but now watching this is like this still hits those nostalgia but this isn't as yeah. deep as i thought it was like this isn't i can i've handled way worse gore than this which mm-hmm. for me feels like a personal growth thing like, right <laughs> so. yeah i hadn't i i had seen this one at the video store growing up the the poster for it the cover of like this big opening in the ground and these red eyes and mm-hmm. cracks and stuff um, so I had seen that, but I'd never rented it. I just recognized it from that. Um, and my wife actually brought this one up a couple of years ago that she always enjoyed this one. So we watched it and yeah, I really did like it too. Um, <clears throat> but again, it's always interesting to revisit a movie to review it specifically. Well, um, with that, like, and this kind of, this kind of ties in, I, <laughs> To the last thing, like, where'd this come from? My brain, prior to watching this again, filled the gap like, oh, no, the record summoned this, the demon hole. It was on accident. They played the record forwards, and it summoned mm-hmm. the demon hole. And I think they have to play it backwards to put it away, if I remember the plot right. Rewatching this, nope. Yeah. That is not what happens. What happens was, I there was no plot to remember, and I took elements in my subconscious and threw an actual plot in. But well, fascinatingly enough... The metal is not an antagonist in this. No, it's this was the the plot, if we can call it that. Of this is really it's a very loose, young thrown on the yeah. wall, and let's just draw some lines connecting things. And there are some, as as you'd like to say, bold creative decisions. Yes, uh, this is kind of like a goosebumps before goosebumps hit the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other characters, so Glenn, right? He's the the main kid. His best friend is uh, Terry. Oh, Terry. 
who apparently is a little bit older. Terry's Terry's got a rough. Oh, and then he has a fifteen-year-old sister, Alexandra or Al, right? Um, Terry's a little. He's he's. I feel bad for that kid, right? He's Terry. This, He's this kind of skinny metal kid. He's got red hair and buck teeth and glasses, and you know, so he's like a nerd who's into into metal. And can he's I, got like, the denim jacket and the vest. Can I just say like something with '80s things? And it's like right away when you saw this kid, he's what I call like the the unfortunate kid friend up to slaughter. He's the lamb of these yep. like types of things. You can see him from a mile away. Not just him, but any character like it, where you're like, oh look. They're poor, nerdy, unconventional looking, and they probably have a broken home of some variety. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're lambs for the slaughter for whatever antagonist is coming. It doesn't matter how nice you are to all these other kids. These motherfuckers are going to get killed in a G movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. like, it's with this movie, it's with, uh, another character is, um... Fright Night, right away, yep. and of course uh, the dude from Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like who's gotten the worst of the deals, I think. Yeah, I would. That's agree. my joke. Uh, <laughs> but but he, he just—he's. <laughs> yeah, they, they also revealed that his mother has passed away recently, yeah. and his father's and... pretty absent, and so he—it's—it's it's done effectively but it's very ham-fisted like all right it's a cliche it's very cliche you like, know right away when you heard fridge. dead mother is like oh she's gonna show up as yeah. a demonic spirit uh i will say she does and i was uh i totally forgot that it was a dead dog i did not expect that twist so it gets a point there like, yeah you got so me they, get up with the dog. <laughs> so after they mess around with the um geode yeah, don't. If anyone's ever watched fucking Evil Dead, don't read incantations. Don't read random shit shows up, you yeah. know. And you're right. The the parents are going out of town for a few days, and they're leaving the kids there pretty much at their own devices. And you know, but they make the the threat of like you know the house better not have any problems when we get back. Yep. <laughs> and so of course she throws a party, and that's where you get the aforementioned '90s pop, fifteen year old, sixteen year old kids. Um, but then they're they're playing like essentially light as a feather, stiff as a board, or something like that, like a party game. And they they use Glenn, and he starts floating. So there's some like just goofy shit like that going on. My favorite um, part about that, by the way, when he floats, he fucking hits the ceiling and rips down a light fixture, and it's yeah. a tall ceiling. Everyone saw it fucking happen. But later on, the fucking older kids fucking gaslight this motherfucker like it was just an illusion. Motherfucker, you saw the little fucking shit float in front of you, and you were shocked as hell. What do you mean it was a fucking illusion? Oh yeah, the way they dismiss <laughs> what they saw. Oh no, they do that throughout this movie. Throughout this movie, throughout like, the whole movie, like no matter what the happens, they're like dumbest people. Just go watch TV. Yeah. Um, like which is a line from this, but the uh... which again brings up my question: with a universe with this dumb of people, how has this incantation not been summoned before? Yeah, like how this has not occurred before. Like this world should have ended five times already. But anyways, yeah, continue. If a twelve-year-old can do it. Um... <laughs> These fucking morons can and did. They did. They buried the dog. So. Well, yeah, so about the dog, that evening after the whole weird levitation thing, um, Terry's staying over, and yeah, he sees what he thinks is his dead mother, you know, returned from the grave, and she's asking for him to embrace, and he does, and all of a sudden it's, it's not his mom, it's the dog. And he throws, it's a big dog, but he fucking throws him, because it's really a stuffed animal, and the dog dies. (laughs) Well, I thought the dog was dead already dead or dies yeah it looked like it was breathing but i couldn't tell it had, like blood in its mouth i think when he and, when he and so they yeah that's true so they just take the, the dog is walked around a lot a dead dog is featured in this movie a lot a lot it's this bad stuffed animal of this big dead dog covered like halfway in a sheet and yeah, Al's boyfriend or one of her buddies or whatever decides he's just going to get rid of the dog by throwing it in the hole. Well, and I first want to point he, out too, throughout he he offers to take it to the 
humane uh, society. Humane society. He goes, well, no vacancies, no vacancies, buddy, and drives back. And I assume to like give the dead dog back to the kid because he knows that she wasn't there. But no one answers, so he decides to go in the backyard and says, huh, look, a convenient hole. Guess I'll bury the dog in your backyard and not fucking tell you. Yeah. Well, and speaking of not telling... The power of boners, my friend. Holy as shit. all this weird shit is happening, Glenn keeps saying, I think we need to call mom and dad. Yeah. To which Al is like, no, we're not going to do that. And it's like, no, you definitely should. The dog dies. Yeah, that's when you call your parents. Back. That's like exactly when. <laughs> um, so yeah, then they're playing around with the geode, and that's when they do the whole, all of it, and they, they start to put together that, oh, whoops, we... He cut himself a little bit opening the geode, so he put a drop of blood. He read the thing, the dog going in there. It's like this circumstance. All the, the, the events here is just, it's absurd. But It is. And then it gets going. It does. It's, it's the whole absurd, the whole absurdity to this whole film and the stuff within it is legitimately part of the journey. I don't feel like mm-hmm. any of this is actually criticisms, but just observations on our yeah. parts. Yeah. Uh, one of them being like, like the first time you see the hole, like the dad looks over, not the first time, but the day after you, the dad looks into the hole and you see these four like weird pulsations, like yeah. definitely somebody's hand behind some dirt, just doing something. But the dad just looks in the hole and goes, huh? Hey, Glenn, what, when are you and your friend going to fill in this hole? Your ground, you know, it's just like, um, dude, shit's a foot. Like, well, not only that, he yells for Glenn can't find him looks down in the hole and he yells his name again like oh shit did he fall down there but and then he just kind of goes eh, walks back right in the house. again 80s parents yeah that <laughs> like, kind of a <laughs> i was watching it last night now loud i just went oh i guess he hope he's not down there you know? <laughs> out he walks away i still it's got just... i still got the other one <laughs> so so the parents leave all this shit happens and there's there's this weird thing with moths in here too. There's like swarms yeah. of moths all over the place. Um, and then Terry brings up this heavy metal album, which he listens to and, and like lip syncs to in this really amazing scene. Oh, can um, stop for uh, that scene for a second? Because there's a thing. So he's just, the walls are plastered in metal posters and artwork. Just, I would say pretty hardcore for, for like, someone getting Mm -hmm. used to it no one's home he's eating fucking what looked like chicken or old pizza that was on the counter like he is just whatever Mm -hmm. but as soon as they showed his bed sheets it looked like a pack of zebra rainbow gum like how what the fuck is going and he even uses it as a fucking like cloak during like the one demonic scene uh sorry not scene but uh moment in the album that he's listening to he's really into it and i'm like i'm sorry my brother that is not working for me and you're looking in a mirror yeah, it's very uh very Buffalo Bill vibe there. No, it's, it's it was it was kind of I thought it was cute. Like it it shows it is it is he's, cute. He's still kind of a dork, but you no, know, this is his this is his thing. This is what gives him some strength. So yeah, I really and his like dad this. gave him that album. Yeah, his his father who's not there. Yeah, so his dad just kind of you know gave him some gave heavy him metal from metal. across the seas, which saved the day. And so they they think that um, they can close the gate or whatever by reading lyrics from the dark book or something like that, right? Oh my god, like, it, can we talk about that album? I know there's a lot yeah. to talk about, but dude, that... That '80s interpretation of uh, what was it? They they had the they just did it on Stranger Things too, the satanic metal mayhem whatever like yeah the whole satanic panic thing that's it yeah and then you have this album but legitimately it's like front art book cover is just an entire book about demons like it's the legit book bold move that's all i'm saying the swedes know how to do metal (laughs) well we know that anyway this is how you can legitly summon demons but also, yeah. this is how you can legitly get rid of those demons. Just play this record. We did it for you. I'm like, oh, that's thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of cool. Like, the, yeah, in this case, the, the, the metal is not the harbinger, right? Well, but they... 
they they also try to no what was it so so they they use that to close the gate or they think it's closed right they never used the record actually they they're reading the book the record they played and it's doing the incantation yeah but he discovered when you turn it backwards the incantation is of course backward speech uh Mm. and it's just like essentially insults at the demons you're ugly go home we don't want you here which all i could think about in the realm of logic is that like so the summon demons you say insults to them backwards but if you want them gone just say the same insults forwards i mean i guess that works again simple this universe yeah it's simple (laughs) it's funny it doesn't actually close it because then you start getting worse stuff happening especially the little the minions the little mini demons well what they tried to do i think is before the mini demons came out it was before the little demon no it was around the same time it had to have been they did the bible yeah they <laughs> read the bible through the hole and then they didn't then it wasn't working he got frustrated and he threw the goddamn thing in the hole um which by the way uh, prior to that when when terry fell into the hole I remember that scene vividly. Like, something about falling into a cramped, dark hole with little demons everywhere terrifies me. Are you in this boat? Because you're a guy who digs yeah. for a living. So. I, well, I didn't see it until I was much older, but it is creepy. And the way they do the little demon guys, it's not so really good. Much, it's very good. It's it's a lot of green screen or blue screening, It's but it's done really well. Cause it's, it's, people, it's people and in it's costumes. And it's people in suits. But it's they, not really stop yeah. motion. Or it's a little bit of it is puppetry. It's puppets and in some, suits. yeah. And the way that they shuffle around is, is really creepy. They're kind of these pasty little demon face things. Um, the effects are quite good. They really are in this. Like I said, once it gets going, it it kind of realizes we've thrown a bunch of shit at the wall, and now you're going to see it get smeared. Yeah. It's all over the place. Um, and yeah, you find out that these demons need two sacrifices so they take terry right yeah and then you see of course they took terry right through a goddamn wall from his own imagination because he made up that dead guy in the wall and the summons a dead guy in the wall he goes dude i made that shit up (laughs) it takes him yeah yeah lesson learned don't the be... makeup is too good too, because in this kind of zombie, yeah, dead guy worker in the wall kind of a thing, and kind of a Fred Gwynn look to him, but it, it effective, yeah. yeah. It's like... And I want to talk about the um. Oh, they they go after, they go after the gun. <laughs> I liked that scene. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> my dad never lets me play with cool things like this. Holding on to a fucking shotgun, and then looks down in the laundry basket. Ooh, my supersized rocket. And it's like, yeah, go with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, they, you should have trying either. to get the gun, and and um, Glenn goes in there. There's like a, a demon version of Terry, and he's all like rat faced, and he buck, bites his hand just and just buck to this. <laughs> yeah, it's dude. And how they got how they how they got him? The sister whips out the Barbie doll. That she sees on the ground lifts up a leg and proceeds to stab him repeatedly in the eye. Again, if you are a nerd in the '80s and you're in one of these films, you just don't get turned. You get humiliated. Yeah. <laughs> like when you do. Uh, yeah. But I will say, uh, Barbie can shank a son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> don't show this to your fucking like violent yeah, little, that's, that's little a... whoever who plays with barbie dolls out in the fucking playground you'd be seeing that shit frequently oh god yeah that thing's got some strength to it yeah fucking prison fight i need 20 barbie dolls they were also work as like bottle openers for wine just true so he gets <laughs> okay. the rocket when the gun doesn't work um because <laughs> if take a gun now. doesn't work and a rocket. The the same construction worker or like another version of it comes through and grabs Al. Um Yeah, I think it's the when, same one. And that's the second sacrifice, so now Also the Yeah. The so minions the made up the fucking Yeah. There was a scene weird. where it broke apart and it broke into minions. Yeah. Um the little shapeshifters. Yeah. Which um, creepy. 
Yeah. And in a good way, but but then the um the floor gives out and up comes this really really awesome creature. <laughs> I love this thing. It's this kind of very Lovecraftian yeah kind of thing. It has some Clive Barker vibes to it. Well, that's kind of the thing with these demons too. Like they're not like biblical demons. They're in fact, he even uh, Terry even They're screams at somebody. Gods. Someone's like, "Use a Bible," and he goes, "These fucking things are older than the Bible." Yeah, they're like, older. That, that's great. Yeah. So and, when you said Lovecraftian, yeah. yeah, they're referred to as old gods. Yeah. Somewhere, but um, yeah, this thing comes up. It's got multiple arms and multiple eyes, and this like small toothy mouth and tentacles, and it's got and the it's, neck it's, arms. Yeah, it's big arms, tiny, and he's got the little neck, neck arms, arms uh, so it kind can of hug insect like. But it, it, I don't know, it comes up, and I, it's a mixture of, of puppetry and stop motion. But yeah. the stop motion is done very, very well. It's so smooth. Yeah. Like, for a stop motion. I know stop motion can be quite smooth, and it's really the the rate in which the film yeah. the, causes that jankiness that we're used to. It's not actually mm-hmm. animators. But something happened here where that was very minimal. There's a, a way of, nowadays at least, I don't know if it was around back then, so I could be totally wrong on its application here, but mm-hmm. there was a, a technique developed for stop motion where because you're looking at frame to frame to frame, it can kind of simply digitally kind of insert a blend in between. Yeah. And it creates, I've, I've seen some uh, reprocessing. It's a of, faster of frame Kong. rate. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some uh, King Kong regens that have looked really, really cool from the 30s. Yeah. So I don't know if they if that was available to do that here, but it looks smooth like this. Yeah. It's really well done. Um and yeah, he shoots it with the rocket that Al was gonna give him for his birthday because it was and this is from the Wikipedia page, but also in the card she wrote him, a symbol of love, light, and purity. <laughs> so Not heavy handed yeah. at all. No, not at all. He shoots the thing in the chest and it blows up and it's, Yeah. Yeah. It, it and we skipped some I, bits, by the way. <laughs> we did. Because there's, there's some weird shit. Like, his family is gone. Like, his friend his friend is gone. This thing yeah. pops out of the fucking floor, stares at him, and you think, he's fucked. And it grabs him by the head or some shit. Mm-hmm. Or it just puts his its arm, hand on its yeah. head. And it just, like, rubs it, like, kind of, like, a, with appreciation. And then recoiled away and a fucking eyeball shows up on his hand yeah and it's just like here's your it's like he's why he's looking at this giant tornado of bullshit hitting the sky because it is their realm coming into the earth and so right away it's just like hey thanks for summoning here's your consolation prize you little scamp (laughs) don't shoot your eye out you know (laughs) it's like high fives are gonna suck now (laughs) oh my god but (laughs) Good luck wiping your ass and unseeing that. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it really is just the <laughs> oddest kind of, like, consolation prize for... You don't even expect that. But a demon of another world it's just like, hey, champ, thanks for that. Here's this. I gotta go. You know, whole new world to take over. It's kind of a weird moment that has no, like, context. So it leaves you to you go, like... This Demon King dude doesn't seem like the worst fucking guy. <laughs> well, and I was just kind of curious, like, what's he, what's he doing? Like, because when he walks, what is he it? Right, off. It's like, where's he going? And oh, is he powerful enough to like destroy the Earth? Well, no, he gets taken out with a fucking model rocket. Well, because it's filled with love and whatever. It, that's bullshit. Yeah, but maybe, dude, yeah. I'm talking about this thing. I wonder if that was just like, hey, you know, I'm taking over this place. It's going to be really fucked up, so I'm just going to give you boink this little thing. It's kind of like your 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 easy pass. Like you you can just exist in this world. None of these fuckers are, but I kind of yeah. have to make you a mutant. <laughs> so cuz what happens, he stabs that fucking thing with glass. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, when he decides that he's not going to put up with it. That's what's so fascinating yeah. about that scene. It like, the demon goes away and he just, he's stuck. And he walks into his room, he sees what's happening. He sees what he feels like he's done, even saying so. And that's when he goes for the rocket. That yeah. And um, he goes for not just his rocket. He The rocket that he and his sister built is like a fucking 
mm-hmm. he needs matches isn't fucking working but he got her a rocket that oh, was a right, yeah. electronic so it was like it would never fail and that was his like the way i saw if there was any symbolism it was like there's this loose childhood theme and not only that relationship between siblings that is like the c plot of this movie yeah um but it's there and uh these themes and that was what was supposed to destroy this Mm. fucker is that like it was her gift to him the rocket and he had a rocket for her that was his gift to her and there's the two elements of them together that was the symbol of light and love that worked that's how i read that what i kind of see it as is like what if this thing was like a genie of sorts and like he just maybe wished subconsciously he didn't want anyone else around and he got his wish and that was like here's your little eyeball champ you're like you're part of the good team like you go scamp along now and so he stabs the damn fucking thing and the creature's like what the fuck dude i just gave that to you how dare you destroy is this how your parents fucking raised you and like just shows up and he gets a rock in the chest holy fucking shit again what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, sorry. No, you, <laughs> that went on adventure. It, it's it's kind of strange why, out of all of the plot elements in this that are just kind of so loosely strung together, this the rocket thing is like the most complicated part. But they show the rocket from the beginning to end. Like rockets in this thing is the only thing that these two yeah. have in common, apparently. And they're telling you that they're just slightly hinting it, and you kind of pick up those pieces. Like, oh, okay, something's happening. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just looked up who wrote this, Michael Nankin, who's gone on to, you know, he's done a couple of films. He he did this one. I think he also wrote the sequel to this, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But oh, yeah, there's that. He's done a lot of, like, TV shows and, you know, written and directed a lot of things. But this one just feels like, did, did, was there no editing in the story? Because it just kind of goes. Because then after the demon comes back because he poked his hand and it pissed it off, that's when he uses the battery-powered rocket. He shoots it at the demon, and it explodes. Right. And then everybody just comes out of the closet alive, including the dog. Yeah, even the fucking dog. It turns out, like, okay, I guess they killed the dog if he can come back. And I'm like, first off, they said right away when they found out, it's like, that dog is really old. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. It was eating all kinds of weird shit. Your party believers were going around. Demons didn't kill this thing. You guys did. Call your fucking parents. You killed a dog with your party. Should have been the first thing on her fucking mind because far beyond demons because she doesn't even fucking consider demons. But this motherfucker still comes up. And the whole, the whole fucking house is destroyed. Well, what, what one of the things that gets me is, you know, how we mentioned before how, like, the, some of the, the party guests are, like, we saw a kid levitate, whatever, right? It was him. Yeah, Glenn levitated. Yeah. That was part um, of the thing, too. Yeah. So, but Glenn and Terry do that, too, because I, I just to backtrack a bit, when they when they read, um, you know, when they, they read from the book and they think everything is closed, um, but there's all this, like, shit everywhere like the little demons have already come and gone and everything like that yeah um there's shotgun holes in the wall there's broken glass everywhere and the the sister al she's like i guess i'm gonna clean up and the other kids are like yeah we're gonna go watch tv like <laughs> well not just, just not just gonna that? watch tv you just got attacked by little demons first oh, off now it's not done i would do the same because <laughs> they well, didn't want to go back no. to sleep that's what it was um also, I like the fact that the Bible didn't work because that was the book they read and didn't work. Yeah. Even well, they were they like, were well, doing. you know, if the dark book does one thing, the, the Bible do the other. <laughs> nope. Turned out that was not the case. But, um, no, it was, uh, I like the part. I thought you were going to point the part where they're in front of the broken window. goes like, how are we going to explain this broken window? And they look at this Frisbee and they all say, Frisbee. And I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Is that made of fucking lead? <laughs> That's the reason that frisbees became popular. This won't break my window like a ball will. Go fucking nuts. Yeah. But whatever. The um. So with pretty much the house half destroyed now, and full the on hole gone, in the middle. Yeah. Every, yeah, and the hole in the floor, uh, to God knows where. Um. The oh my God! I forgot about how deep that fucking thing went too. Yeah, it's like a chasm. 
Yeah. And yeah, they're just, they sit on the front porch and like, oh, I wonder how we'll talk about this to mom and dad. And that's how the movie ends. Everybody's fine except they're screwed because the house is destroyed. It's, it's a very, yeah, it's a very strange little movie. Um, oh, yes. But. God, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I, you know, reading a little bit more about the production, apparently uh, Nankin, the, the guy who wrote it, said he the first draft was because he was unemployed, recently divorced, and based on, quote, the nastiest thoughts from my childhood. Wow. And um, apparently it was a lot more grotesque. Like the monster was, the big demon at the end was supposed to be made out of blood and entrails and things. And um, But yeah, they did a lot of force perspective and they do some, again, the stop motion in here is, is pretty good. Um, and it doesn't sound like it did terrible. Um, I mean, it, it did Warner a, a sequel. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it had kind of mixed reviews when it came out, mixed to poor. But I think it's become kind of a cult classic. I would hope so. I really would, because it's yeah. it's this is this is like I said before. This is a goosebumps story. This is a very good goosebumps yeah. story. Like this is a very good movie to use as an introduction to horror for younger people, especially myself, who maybe is interested but i struggle with and this movie was one of those ones that kind of helped you know like yeah like i i don't like those people out there who just like want to ridicule like how quickly they dove into like tolerating murder and shit <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like it's it's fine if you enjoy but don't mock the people who still struggle like try to find a good w- movie for them oh to right ease into it like and like show and- like hey here's the attributes this what is it that you don't like, and what is it that you do, and I can f- use my library. This would be a good movie for that. Yeah. Same with Stranger Things. Yeah, and I, 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 the first horror films I saw as a kid were much more, well, I don't know, maybe just as graphic as this. Like, American World in London is the one I remember the most as yeah. a kid. But at 12 years old, yeah, I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street, which is, at that point, was gory, but really cartoonish and campy gore like kind of like this yeah um it wasn't realistic at all um but yeah i I, this um this one definitely is it's a good stepping stone i would have liked this a lot as a kid it probably would have freaked me out it probably would have i mean hell if if the little troll thing in cat's eye freaked me out as a kid which it totally did for a long time uh oh yeah this would have this would have messed me up Especially because yeah. they're little and they run around. The big monster I would have loved, but the little guys. But the so little weird. ones are freaking little pigmen. Yeah. Little minions. Yeah. yeah. Oh they're, man. They're definitely creepy little. They almost look like tardigrades. Yeah. Little <laughs> water bears, but with just four limbs. How about when uh, uh when Terry stepped down on one just violently oh, and yeah, it turned he, like, curb into stomps the, one and it just turned into like stop motion claymation slugs and went underneath the fucking yeah uh door i'm like that is the coolest shit i, well, I know he's like, how it's done but it just it irked me in a good way i don't know there's one part when he's still down in the hole and he starts stomping on one yeah and it just keeps screaming it was ugh. yeah oh my god creepy. it's like someone yeah. stomping out like an animal but it's like too big for their foot so it's just like you're just torturing the damn thing i felt bad for the demon <laughs> you know like so there's movies like this and and tamer but edgy from the yeah. 80s. So I'm, I'm thinking about things like Never Ending Story or Return to Oz, right? Yeah. Which are films that to a certain generation or, or you know, an interval of age where we were kids when we saw these. and It and gives you some, monsters to really be afraid of. It, it, but, but kind of for a reason like yeah but, but not really a good like it's like my weird creeped out thing about the marionette puppets from sound of music i still can't watch those comfortably because it creeped me out as a kid there's no reason why it should have scared me you know it's not really terrifying it's just something about you're at a certain age and something just tripped you a certain way um these are the kind of movies that usually did that to people because it wasn't over the top it was safe enough for you to watch but then there was that thing that really caught you off guard yeah um that's fun to go back and revisit to as an adult yeah because you can kind of test there like i said the sound of music thing i still can't 
sit. I mean, I'll sit and watch the movie but when that scene comes in. I'm just like, I don't like this. You know, like I get uncomfortable. Did you have that <coughs> with this watching it again? Well, I anticipated it. Um, yeah. I. It's the eye in the hand thing when he stabs it. That's mm-hmm. just that's the idea of someone picking up broken glass and then stabbing it. Uh, that's one. But I did look. Like, I was like, okay, I gotta look to see if I remember it being bad. And it was like, oh, it's not actually that bad. Right. It just looks like a bad cut, which made my hand hurt because I remember getting cuts like those. Uh, like, in my 20s, from, like, kitchen work, like, doing dishes and shit and get, whoosh, like, oh, someone put a fucking sharp in the water. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the other thing, surprisingly, um, I was curious how it goes, but the tunnel scene, again, like, the idea of the cramped space with the little... Like, the yeah. holes are big enough for them, not for you, and you have to climb up wonky fucking shit as they're biting you. Uh-huh. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, but that's real. Like, that's being attacked by a fucking gang of raccoons. Like, I still don't want that. Yeah, and it I can still that. possibly happen, you know? That's what this was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those, th- this has a, a good place for you know revisiting those kind of things, because yeah. it was never so terrifying that it, like, was traumatizing. It was just creepy. So. It knew what strains to tug. Yeah. Um, it's that no matter what will be tugged, no matter your age. Like, yeah. this is a visceral thing uh, or concept that could bother you. Now, have you seen the sequel? No. I yeah, I haven't either. Um, I didn't even I, know there was one. Until I would kind of like to check it out. I've heard Same. it's not as good, but I'd, I'd like to see it just to throw it on the pile of things I've seen. Um, you know, the gate movies. There was discussion about a reboot of this years ago but it never amounted to anything so i think that's fine yeah this I is think... one that can kind of stay as it is it, yeah. it doesn't have it, it all it would do is would just be nostalgia it wouldn't actually this isn't really a story that needs to be retold exactly as it was because it already is <laughs> isn't that always the thing though it's just like that's that's the stamp the stomp is just like oh we got to reignite nostalgia right. it's like no we want new things, or we want to at least show the appreciation to the old things. And this yeah. movie does deserve the recognition. It ex- it works because of what it is when it was made, and so yeah. forth. Like, it has all those bad elements that are enjoyable. It is those hits that you enjoy. The corniness, the campiness, the, the fucking shoe-thin fucking plot. It's all... F- beautifully matched with wonderful yeah. visuals and concepts are we grading this because it seems like i just yeah because i, I can't say up that. well i was just gonna say like, do you have any final thoughts on a grade then along well, with that with everything i said like i said this is a great addition to show uh, uh to young horror fans uh, of any age like anyone who is interested in trying to test out their horror and maybe have an appreciation for like certain 80s horrors and you want to try them out in, in your own pace this is the movie for it this definitely um is the best goosebumps if you liked goosebumps for my 90 kids out there mm-hmm. um uh, i you know what i feel like the way i enjoyed this film this movie at least deserves an a minus i actually really had fun with it and i think what it represents is perfect cool um i don't know if i'll go that high but i really did have a lot of fun watching this one again um, from a from a filmmaking from a technical and filmmaking perspective, visually this movie's really really quite good. Yeah. Um, it's the the script and the story and the plot. It's just it needed more work. Um, it, this one really feels it was definitely an effects driven film. Uh, you know, usually we say that we're talking about science fiction, but this is definitely an effects driven movie. It um, is so much that I think nobody was behind the wheel of the story they were busy driving the effects yeah and it's it's very fun for that um but it's not a memorable story like you even said you know you you fill in your own gaps fill in everything even fill Um, in the story itself because it's kind of forgettable but the the but the movie is not forgettable good but the movie itself is not so for that i'm actually going to go with with a um with a b plus okay so that seems fair a little bit below you um but yeah this is one you definitely need to shut the brain off for it because it doesn't make a lot of sense Um, it's a good shutdown but it's a good shutdown it's pretty harmless but it's it's creepy definitely good one to show kids that are around you know i'd say you know eight and up could handle this pretty easily i think The, the the little stuff might creep them out and kind of 
You get to share that with the next generation. I, gar- I guarantee that, like, for the 8 age or even potential younger people, yeah. that this this will cause complexes that oh, they were carried with them yeah. to adulthood. <laughs> like, But, uh, well, we would also love to know what any of our listeners think of The Gate. Um, have you seen it? What are your thoughts on it? Is there anything we didn't bring up that we should have? Have you seen the sequel? What do you think of that one? Yeah. And we would love it if you would share any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junk Air Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod or find us on Facebook at the Video Junk Air Podcast page. Um, if you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And coming up next week on the schedule, when Eric is uh, joining us back and we're at full strength, we're going to be covering Chasing Amy and then The Convent, which was a pick that I'm really looking forward to everybody seeing. <laughs> um, until next time, we, uh, as always, we hope that you enjoyed listening to the Video Junkyard podcast, hoping you'll also be willing to share it around. And until next time, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Ryan Seiskel, and we're going to say this once and finally, stop reading random incantations. Just don't do it. Bloody book, back of an album cover, or just a weird stain-ridden stall. Don't read it. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod, and on Instagram as videojunkyardpodcast, all one word. want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. <laughs>